Well, all right, my beloved brothers and sisters, those who are out there in the internet radio podcast audience, welcome to Final Authority. Well, you have tuned in to LoveRadioNetwork.com. Pass the word that friends and loved ones, people from every walk of life in every nation, no matter your culture, your ethnicity, your nationality, your gender or your status, you can tune in to this platform. You tune in via internet, www.loveradionetwork.com. Love, L-U-V, radionetwork.com. Once you go there, just scroll down, hit the picture on Ambassador Arabic, and you'll be able to tune in to the show live. Well, I want you to know that the final authority, we air live every Monday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, we're going to deal with a particular topic today entitled, (coughs) pardon me, Justified by His Grace, by His Blood, and by Faith. Justified by God's grace, by the blood of his son, Jesus the Christ, and by faith. We'll talk about that today. So before we go into our particular subject matter, again, we want to so gracefully welcome all to tune into the show and spread the news. Okay, so we're going to go right into prayer. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. Looking to you as the living to most high eternal God the God of all grace, the Father of lights, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Christ, the Father of glory. We look to you, Father, as the very one who chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that in Christ we are saved, in Christ we are forgiven, in Christ we are redeemed, in Christ we are Uh, sealed with the Holy Spirit. And we thank you. We praise you and give you the glory, Father, for this blessing that you have bestowed upon us. We ask, oh God, that even as we open the word, that you would open our understanding that we might understand the scriptures. Grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your beloved son, Jesus the Christ, and in the knowledge of the word. We pray, oh God, that your word would abound and increase and multiply in us and through us, we hold fast to that which was written by the biblical apostles, centered upon the glorification of your beloved Son, whom you have highly exalted and glorified, and seated at your right hand in the heavenlies far above all. He is the author and finisher of our faith. We look to him and believe on him with all our heart, openly confessing him as Lord, Savior, and Redeemer. And Father, may your word abound and increase and multiply in us and through us, May Christ be the bright and the money star of this platform. Father God, final authority. We thank you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, we're going to look at this particular uh, topic. Justified. Justified by his grace, by his blood, and by faith. Well, in the book of Romans, we're going to see in chapter 1, we'll look at the whole of humanity. 
And Paul makes a statement over in uh, the book of Romans chapter 1. Uh, let me just start at verse 15. Uh, he says, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold or suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even as the eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And so we see here, this is dealing with fallen humanity. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. God has put his fingerprint and signature all on creation. And yet man wants to deny the existence and the reality of God. We're talking about the omnipotent, that is the all-powerful God whose power is so vast and so unlimited. And yet he harnesses all his unlimited powers in his wisdom. Every judgment that God makes is always just right and holy. He is the omnipresent God, the God who's everywhere at one and the same time. There's no place where he is not. He is omniscient, knows all things. There's not anything he does not know and nothing he has to discover. So God has revealed his reality in his creation. It goes on and says in Romans chapter uh, 2 verse 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. It talks about those things that men commit. When you read over in the book of Genesis chapter uh, 6, it talks about the thoughts of man's heart was evil continually. And violence has filled the earth. So man have sinned against God. Man rebelled against God. And by very nature, he became an enemy of God. Man's guilty. He is to come down under the righteous wrath and judgment of God. Man, fallen man, cannot save or redeem himself from the righteous wrath, indignation, and judgment of God. And we see that man in and of himself is lost. He's a sinful being by very nature. He sins. He is the very enemy of God. And so now with that said, I want to go ahead on and read something over in the book of uh Romans in chapter 3. So Paul, in fact, yeah, in chapter 3, in fact, Paul dealt with Jew and Gentile. And we'll see over here in Romans chapter 3, 
one verse is all uh, is well-known verse quoted by many across the board, mostly mostly all people in the church community. Verse twenty-three: For all have sinned and come short or fallen short of the glory of God. The all who have sinned is every person in humanity. He goes on and says in chapter three, um, in verse nine, what then are we better than they? He was comparing the Jews with the Gentiles because the Jews were given the oracles of God. They had circumcision covenant with God. They had the oracles, the truth of God revealed to them. And so yet Israel, who became God's chosen people, set above all the people of the earth, had broke God's laws and rebelled against God and began to practice abominations just like the Gentiles were doing. And so the judgment of God is according to righteousness. And so they will not escape the judgment and wrath of God because of their sin. And so he goes on and says, in verse 9, are we better than they? In no wise, we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Now, I want you to show you something here. Then here he quotes over in verse 10, he's quoting what's written. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So when he says there is none righteous, Man in and of himself, the whole of humanity as fallen humanity is not righteous. It's not right with God. No, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. Dealing with Jew and Gentile, fallen humanity. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. There's none that do so good in of themselves that God is like impressed with your goodness. They're not righteous and none that doeth good. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit and poison of apps is under their lips. The corruption of their heart comes forth through their words, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet swift to run to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before them. They do as they please. He says in verse 19, Now we know that what things soever the law saith is said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. All the world. So man, humanity, who have fallen in sin, who become by very nature an enemy of God, man don't do good enough in and of themselves. There's none that's righteous, no, not one. They don't seek after God. The fear of God is not before their eyes. Why? It's fallen humanity. So by very nature, as Paul says, they are dead in their trespasses and sins. He says, we know whatever the law saith, it said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. The world stopped there means closed, shut. In God's divine court of law, you as fallen humanity who stands before God, in your fallen state, your mouth will be closed, shut, everything, 
that is written that was against you, which is contrary to you, to show forth your guilt and why you would be condemned and damned forever. There's nothing you could say that warrants a change in, in the verdict. Guilty, condemnation, and will be eternally damned by the righteous judgment and indignation of God. Because God is the righteous judge of all the earth, he can't let sin go unpunished. He must judge and condemn and damn sin for eternity. So a man can't save himself. He goes on and says, not even by his deeds. He says in verse uh, 20, therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So even the law that Israel had and observed, they didn't keep it to a perfection. They all have fallen short. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. There's none righteous. There's none that seeketh after God. There's no fear of God before their eyes. He goes on and says, by the deeds of the law, you thought your deeds might get it done. That might justify you. No, absolutely not. For by the law and the knowledge of sin, the standard of God's perfect good law was to show you clearly what sin was and to amplify your sin and condemn you for the sin. Sin will condemn you. You come under condemnation for sin. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Now, we got to get this. I want you to really take note of the text. He says the righteousness of God without the law. So this righteousness is not contingent upon the namas, the Torah, any law or any works as prescribed and not based upon your reliance upon the law that will not get it done because by the law is the knowledge of your sin. So the law magnifies your sin and the law works wrath, judgment and condemnation. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest. We're talking about a righteousness that was provided by God that you can earn or deserve. The verdict is you're guilty and you would be condemned. But now God has a righteousness that's apart from the law. He said it's witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, we can go to the writings of Moses, the law, and the prophets. The writings of the prophets that wrote after Moses. And what, see what they talked about. About a righteousness with God as a gift that has nothing to do with the law. Then he says in verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. So we deal with the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Not by you, it's of Jesus Christ. He goes on and says, unto who? All. And up on all them that what? Believe. Believe what? We're going to deal with that in a moment. So this righteousness of God is by faith of Jesus Christ. So this righteousness is solely, exclusively contingent upon the faith of Jesus Christ. And it's unto who? All. And up on all them that believe. For there is no difference or no distinction. This righteousness that's of God, which is now made available by virtue of Jesus Christ, his faith, faithfulness and perfect obedience, 
It's unto all and upon all them that what believe, not upon something you must do in terms of your performance or ceremonial ritual or anything of that nature. This is solely rested upon something that Christ has perfectly fulfilled and accomplished for you and I on our behalf. The question is, do you truly with all your heart trust in the faith of Jesus Christ? He says, there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. You have sinned. Your ancestors have sinned. Your descendants will sin and everybody else. All have sinned and come short. Nobody measured up to God's perfect standard of perfect righteousness. God's law is just perfect and righteous. And he did not ever have lowered it to suit you or me or anyone else. So watch this. He says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But watch what he says in verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Now, notice in verse 19, all the world guilty, all have sinned, all right? And then we look at verse 24, being justified. Wait a minute. First of all, my mouth is shut. I'm guilty. And now I'm justified freely by his grace. We're talking about something that God himself provided something that you could not in and of yourself provide for yourself, attain in and of yourself. So this is again, remember, the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. By faith of, this is what is called um, the subjective. When it says faith of Jesus Christ, all right, it's dealing with, it's contingent upon the perfect, flawless faithfulness of Jesus Christ. You have to remember, and I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit here, but Jesus Christ, all that he did, his perfect obedience, the things in which he suffered, he still obeyed God even under the most intense suffering for us. And this is all dealing with Jesus Christ's perfect faith in the promise of his father and in resulting in his perfect obedience to the Father. This is the faith of Jesus Christ. And it's unto all, it's not limited just to any one particular group or nation of people, it's unto all and upon all them that believe. So this way, for there is no difference. God is not making a distinction because the color of your skin or because of your ethnicity and nationality. Do you truly believe in the faith of Jesus Christ? Trusting in all that he has done for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But verse 24, being justified freely by his grace. We're talking about justified by his grace, by his blood and by faith. We're going to put all those those words together. His grace, the blood of Christ and the faith. Now, verse 24 again, being justified freely. So what was it that changed the verdict that you're guilty and will be condemned, your mouth closed shut, and now you're justified, declared righteous. So the word justified, it does mean to a declaration of righteousness, that you've been declared righteous. So if you're declared righteous, then this declaration is now a sovereign declaration of God that now you stand before God as one who have been what? Justified. But notice it says being justified freely. 
That means without cost, it's not contingent upon your work, effort, ability, pedigree, ritual, your skin color, ethnicity, status, gender, your performance. It says freely, it's without cost to you. It's not without cost, period. It's without cost to you, but it was it cost Christ. His perfect faith, faithfulness in his life. We're gonna deal with that. Freely by what? His grace through the what? Redemption. So we, let's deal with this word grace here. It is God now bestowing something upon you. You didn't earn or deserve it. And so now God in his court of law look upon you with favor as opposed to contentment. Being justified freely by his grace. Understand how God sees you as a result of what his son done and your faith and trust and total reliance upon the faith of his son Jesus Christ being justified freely by his grace through what the redemption that is in Christ Jesus we're dealing with the redemptive work of Christ that Christ paid the price that is he is the one that redeemed you so what we're dealing with is the sacrificial substitutionary redemptive death and the shed blood of Christ watch this whom God has set forth. Let me go back to verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the redemption is a work of Christ. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. So now, here we see according to the writings of Romans chapter 3. Verse 25, God has set forth Christ to be what? The propitiation. The word set forth means to put on public display. So the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, and it was Christ Jesus whom God the Father has set forth, that is to put on public display, to be what? A propitiation. This is an atoning sacrifice whereby he's the one that offered himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God on your behalf. And he, by virtue of becoming the sacrifice for you in your place, instead of you now being pronounced as guilty and coming under condemnation, it will be eternally damned and judged as such because of the fact that you are guilty, but the verdict been changed because of what Christ has done. You're now justified freely by his God's grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood, through faith. So this is now, so what Christ done and fulfilled by becoming the atoning sacrifice who offered himself to God as an offering and a sacrifice on your behalf in your place because you're the one that will come under the wrath and judgment of God. The Bible clearly states that you're justified freely by his grace. That's the scripture. Can you read? Do you understand and do you receive? He says, justified freely by his grace who anyone that believes it's unto all but it's up on all them that believe believe what that god put his son on public display to be the propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness for the overpassing of sins 
that are passed through the forbearance of God. So here when it says God has set forth to be the propitiation, this has to do with the actual fact of the historicity of the fact that Christ literally willingly laid his life down for you in perfect obedience to the Father. He trusted his Father that after he would suffer, for fallen humanity and have your sins placed upon him and be stricken, smitten of God and come under the wrath and judgment and indignation of his father for us on our behalf that the father God promised he would raise his son Jesus from among the dead. So Christ had a perfect flawless faith resulting in a perfect obedience to his father. This is the faith of Jesus Christ whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness for the mission of sins. So God set his son to be the propitiation and when he judged and condemned our sin upon Christ on the cross, God did it to demonstrate his righteous judgment. So when it came to judging and condemning our sin up on his son Jesus Christ on that rugged cross who was set forth to be the propitiation the father God did not hold back and relent from judging and condemning our sin fully and totally upon his beloved unique son Jesus Christ on that rugged cross to be the propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness so God demonstrated his righteous character and nature and judging and condemning our sin upon Jesus Christ, the one whom he set forth to be the propitiation. The Father has not sent anyone else to be the atoning sacrifice to satisfy his wrath and judgment for us on our behalf, but his beloved, unique son, Jesus Christ. Let me, let me, let me just go back to real quickly so I can show you something. In Romans chapter 1, verse uh, 1 through 3, real quickly, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ called an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, the gospel message that's of God, which he, God, promised before his, before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning who? His son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of or from the dead. Okay, so very clear that it was Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, whom the Father God was the one that sent to be the propitiation through faith in his blood. So faith in what we're dealing with, the sacrificial substitutionary redemptive death and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So now, well, let me go ahead and proceed to the point here. So it goes on and says in verse 26 to demonstrate, King James says to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. So God sent his son to be the propitiation, that is the atoning sacrifice to atone for our sins because we could not atone for our sins. We could not justify ourselves. We could not redeem ourselves. It was because of God's love for us. God was the one that provided this Grace of justification for us by the sacrificing of his son, Jesus Christ, to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just 
So God did this by making the son to be the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation. He demonstrated his righteousness that he might be what? Just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So God is just and he is the justifier in justifying the one that believeth in Jesus. To believe in Jesus, and the name Jesus there comes from the Greek word, Aesus, which is a transliteration from the Hebrew word, Yeshua, or Yeshua, which means God, my salvation. So Jesus is God manifesting the flesh, who is my salvation. He's the one whom the Father sent to be the Savior of the world. Nothing else can save you. So you must come to turn by believing in Jesus. Believing in Jesus means to fully embrace who he is in all that he fulfilled by becoming the what? Propitiation. The atoning sacrifice by which we are now redeemed by the shed blood of Christ. Nothing else. Christ laid his life down for us. Came under and suffered the wrath and judgment of God for us. Remember, in Romans chapter 1, verse 13, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. But understanding, anyone in fallen humanity who hears the good news about Jesus Christ having become what? The propitiation for us on our behalf and that we now have a redemption and that now we can be justified freely by God's grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The redemption is not in your ethnicity, your nationality, your blood type, your gender, your status, your, your uh, ceremonial rituals, any observation of any works that you do based upon law. It is solely because of Christ becoming the one that was the propitiation, and it was the Father who sent the Son, verse 25, to be the propitiation through faith in his blood. So there's absolutely no other way outside of God's provision of this grace that you could ever do anything to attain this redemption and be justified. Verse 26, to demonstrate, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he, God, might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Then he says, where is boasting then? Who can come in God's court of law and in the presence of the most high, eternal, righteous judge of all the earth? Come into his presence and boast about your flesh? Your ability, your performance, your pedigree. You can come before God and, and boast about the color of your skin, your ethnicity, your nationality, your gender, or your earthly status. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. So God has saw to it that you have no basis for which you can come in this court of law and boast about anything out of you. It's excluded. It is totally, completely inadmissible. It is totally, completely kicked out, banned, shut out, and locked out. So God will not allow any flesh to glory and boast in his court of law. Why? Because all flesh is as grass and it will just wither and die away and come under the condemnation. 
Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Works that I've done? My performance? He says, nay. Absolutely not by no means. By works? Nay. But by the law of faith. We're dealing with spiritual law. We're dealing with uh, exercising of a spiritual law that rests its full trust upon Jesus Christ's redemptive work that he atoned for me. I hold to that. And so by virtue of the fact, now watch this. Let me just read a little further. It says, by the law of faith. Where's boasting then? It is excluded. It, by what law? Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. So it's not contingent upon me by any works or performance based upon me, but by a law of faith, which means there is a principle or a law of faith whereby I rest and trust in what? The redemptive work of Christ and my faith in his blood. Therefore, we conclude that a man is what? Justified by faith without the deeds of the law. No deeds. No deeds whereby you rely on the law because the law was not given to make you righteous and the law, the law could not impart life to you. It only impart wrath, judgment, and condemnation. It's called the ministration of death and the ministration of condemnation in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. I believe it's chapter 3 or is it chapter 4? Uh, that would be chapter uh, 3. Yes, chapter 3. So now, okay, so he goes on and says, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by what? Faith. So now he talks about justified by his grace. Well, why? Because it's God's grace that provided this redemption for you. He's the one provided the one that would offer himself up as a sacrifice for you on your behalf. It needs to be done because had not Christ laid his life down for you on the rugged cross, there would be no hope of salvation, no hope of justification, only condemnation upon you. We conclude that a man is not justified by the work, by, uh, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. So it's unto all and upon all them that believe. So it's not limited just to the Jews only. It's also for the Gentiles, people of other nations, other ethnicities. Since it is one God, the one God, the one true God, the most high eternal God, which shall justify the circumcision, those Jews that were circumcised, by what? Faith. What? Faith in what? Faith in what Christ done. Remember? Faith in his blood. Verse 25, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by what? Faith and the uncircumcision through faith. So this is only appropriated so the benefits of receiving what Christ has done by offering himself in his redemptive work of grace that this can only be received by faith. 
it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith, those Jews that were circumcised already, who heard the good news about Christ and came to faith in Christ, they are justified by faith. It's all received by faith. And the uncircumcision through faith. So it's not limited just to those who were of the Jews, but the, the Gentiles. So this justification is not contingent upon the ceremonial ritual of circumcision. It's all through faith. He makes it very clear. So now we're going to forward to um, chapter... Um, five real quickly here. In chapter five, and I'll go back to chapter four in the first part of chapter five, but I want to show you something here. Over here in Romans chapter five, verse eight, but God commended, and that is demonstrated. He clearly demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. Being what? Justified by his blood. When it says by his blood, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with, um, and that's like a summary statement there. He already mentioned in the previous chapter, in chapter 3, that we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we're dealing with the sacrificial redemptive work of Christ being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, justified by his grace? What? Yes, because the grace provided this justification for you. If you could provide justification and to be accepted by God in his court of law, there would be not any necessity for God to provide his beloved son to become the atoning sacrifice for you on your behalf. So if you can do it based upon your performance and your works, your genius and all those things and claims you, mm -mm, there will not be. In, in fact, Paul puts this way in the book of Galatians chapter two. He said, I do not set aside, count no and void, frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. Whenever you try to rest a justification and a right standing with God upon anything other than faith in Jesus Christ, you have just set aside God's grace. You just said Christ died in vain. Why? Because I can attain to this apart from anything that God's son went through, fulfilled, and accomplished on the cross. That means you're diminishing away degrading and rejecting God's offer and provision of salvation by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So it says much more than being now justified by his blood. So if it wasn't for the blood of Christ, there's absolutely no other way for you to receive justification. We shall be saved from wrath through him. We're saved. From coming under the wrath of God through Christ. Through what? Christ. What he done fulfilled via his redemptive work of grace by becoming the atoning sacrifice and satisfying the judgment and wrath of God for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved by his life. That's a blessing. We're saved from wrath through him, through Christ.
being much more justified by his blood, by his blood, by his blood. What? By his blood. Justified by his blood. Justified by your ceremonial rituals, by circumcision, by observation of the Shabbat, by your works, by the law of Moses. In fact, in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13, Paul told the Jews, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. I rest my faith upon the sacrificial, substitutionary, redemptive death, the shed blood, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from among the dead. Much more than Romans chapter 5, verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood. Now, by his blood. Now, by his blood. Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved. What? From wrath through him. So I'm saved and I'm being saved because I'm saved from the very wrath of God by virtue of the redemptive work of Christ and my faith in that which he has done. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, at one point we were enemies. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Reconciled to God how? By my pedigree? Nope. My genealogy, my bloodline, my blood type? Nope. By me identifying as a Hebrew Israelite? Nope. By my works and performance as prescribed by the Torah, the law of Moses, Sabbath keeping, dietary laws and fringes? Nope. It's only by the death of his son being now justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus according to the previous chapter in, in, in chapter 3. But in verse 5, much more than being now just justified by his blood. We're dealing with the sacrifice of Christ. The precious blood of Christ that was shed from his body on that rugged cross. We shall be saved, how? From wrath through him. We're saved from the wrath and judgment of God through Christ. But if when we were enemies, we were enemies, we were there, we're not there no more. We were reconciled to God by what? The death of his son. His beloved unique son completed and fulfilled what the Father God sent him to complete and fulfill for me on my behalf. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being now reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved how? By his life. By your life. Nope. By his life. By my performance. Nope. By his life. By my rituals. Nope. By his life. By the Sabbath. Nope. By his life. By observing the dietary laws? Nope. By his life. By wearing fringes and praying five times a day? Nope. By his life. So everything is solely contingent upon him. So it's not contingent upon you and I. You can see very clearly according to the text of scripture, it made it very clear where it says, very clear, much more than being now justified by his blood. So if it wasn't for the blood of Christ, there's nothing you could ever do 
to ever be justified because you were fallen man dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead men walking. So now you're justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Wow. So we see very clearly where he said, now, in fact, that kind of reminds me of a statement Paul makes in uh, a verse, I love the quote that one too, it's in, it's in the book of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, uh, verse 20, yeah, verse 20, uh, I am crucified with Christ, he's dealing with his identification with Christ's crucifixion, his total reliance upon what Christ done, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I still have the same flesh body, but I now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live in total de dependence and reliance upon him and all that he has done. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for. He gave himself for me, dealing with his sacrificial death. The next verse said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. There's people that just working themselves and their feet and, and, and fingers to the bone, trying to earn God's righteousness. You can't earn God's righteousness. You can't. There's nothing. You can, this, this is a gift from God. Paul makes that very clear in the book of Galatians. He makes it very clear in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. So by relying on works as prescribed by the Torah, the law, the namas, no man is justified. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Let me show you something else real quickly. In the book of Galatians chapter uh, 3, Paul makes a statement in verse 21. Is the law against the promises of God? God forbid. Absolutely not by no means. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise, watch this, that the promise all under sin, who under sin all, Jew, Gentile, the whole of humanity, under sin, held captive, under sin, that the promise, there's a promise, yes, by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. There's a promise by faith, by the perfect faithfulness of Jesus Christ and what he fulfilled via his crucifixion, death, shed blood, burial, and resurrection, and you believe on Christ, you have the promise of a righteousness that's credited to you upon which you are declared righteous. So the law couldn't give you life. 
and it could not give you right. Again, verse 21, is the law against the promises of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But it wasn't. He told you in his previous Verses that the law was added because of transgressions till the seed should come. So the law was given for what? A temporary purpose. It was given for a purpose. It was temporary until you come to Christ. It held you captive until you came to Christ. Because the law said you need a savior. You'll come under condemnation. You'll be damned forever. You got to come to faith and trust in Christ. Because he tells you in the preceding verses that the law was the schoolmaster, the tutor, or the guardian to bring us unto Christ that we may be justified by faith, not by works, not by performances, not by the law. But after that, that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. What it goes on says, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in Christ Jesus is once you have heard Christ, who he is and what he fulfilled and accomplished via his perfect obedience, his perfect faith and faithfulness unto death, even the death of the cross. And you understand the historicity of the actual physical crucifixion of Christ on that cross and that all your sins was placed on him and the Father God judged his son and condemned your sin upon his son, Jesus Christ. And his precious blood was shed to inaugurate a New Testament and to redeem you back to God. He went through all that and then he was buried and then the father raised his son from the dead to substantiate. He was well pleased and accepted with Christ, his son done for you on the cross. And now, Romans chapter 5 verse 1, therefore being justified by faith. So it was offered by God's grace and it was provided by the means of the shed blood of Christ. And now that you hear that, you come to faith in Christ. So now justified by God's grace, by the blood of Christ, and now it is received by faith. So apart from a faith that's rested in Christ, there would be no other way by which you could ever receive this righteousness and thus be justified. So when he says in Romans 5 verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, the word, therefore, is a conjunction it connects with and gives a conclusion based upon what he just previously said. He just said in the verse before, he said Christ was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Christ done on the cross fulfilled and, and accomplished for us 2,000 years ago, it is only the benefit of that will be imputed and credit to you by virtue of the fact that you come to faith and trust in Christ. That's how you receive it. So the grace provided it by means of the shed blood and it's received by faith. So justified by God's grace, by the blood of Christ, and received by faith. Now, when you read for an example, um, he just mentioned in Galatians 3.26, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You're all. He's addressing Jews and Gentiles. He's dealing with those who were Jews by nature and those who were Gentiles. In fact, in the book of Galatians chapter 2, 
he had just mentioned about we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. And so he's dealing with Jews and Gentiles. And so now he says, after you heard this gospel, this good news he, he proclaimed and shared with them, he said, we are all the children of God. How? By faith in Christ. You have to come to a true, genuine heart faith in Christ. That is a total reliance upon Christ and what he fulfilled and accomplished via his death, shed blood, burial, and resurrection called the faith of Christ. The faith of Christ encompasses his perfect faith, his faithfulness, and all the things that he fulfilled and accomplished by being the propitiation, the toning sacrifice for us on our behalf. Know that God doesn't look upon you with disdain. He looks upon you with favor and the grace that he bestowed upon you because you are now identified and joined to his beloved son, Jesus the Christ, his very unique son whom he has highly exalted far above all and glorified. And now the son is seated at the right hand of the father. This is this is such a blessing. Wow. Now. Um, in fact. Um, let me show you something else real quickly. In Galatians chapter 3, 13 and 14, Paul says Christ has redeemed us. He paid the price to buy us back. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on who? The Gentiles. That blessing of Abraham, the blessing that blessing is a gift of righteousness that is imputed or, or credited to you. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through who? Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the blessing of Abraham come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. What did Christ do? He's the one that was set forth to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood. So, grace provided it by means of what? The redemptive death and the shed blood of Christ, and now it's received by faith. And once you appropriate this by faith, you receive and become the beneficiary of what Christ has fulfilled. This is the blessing justified by God's grace, by his blood, and by faith. It's all in corporate. It's not something, well, I'm justified by by grace and living at that, okay, yeah, grace, or his grace provided it. Titus chapter 2, verse 11, for the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. It brings the salvation. But you got to believe it. Romans 1, 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So it's appropriated by faith. St. John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, he came into his own, and his own received him not. Why? They rejected him. They didn't believe on him. But verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So they received him by the believing on him, a total reliance and trust. This is the Messiah. This is the very son of God. Fully embrace him, accept him, and I now receive him as my Savior and Messiah. Wow. 
justified by God's grace, by his blood, and by faith. You got to have the faith. So we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You can't get around it. It's so clear and simple. Now, I want to look at another verse real quickly, a couple of verses. Paul says this in verse 15, Romans chapter 3. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. So once we have a covenant, it's signed and it's sealed, nobody can change that. It is established covenant, a binding agreement that we have established. Then it goes on to say in verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. So there was promises made to Abraham and his seed. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one unto thy seed, which is Christ. So there was a promise that God made to Abraham and to Christ. And this I say that the covenant, the binding agreement that was confirmed before of God in Christ the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul it that it should make the promise of non-effect. So there was a promise that God made to Abraham and to his seed. And that seed is Christ. So God made a promise. And that promise is not made null and void when the law came into effect 430 years later unto Moses. The law in this covenant was given to Moses for the children of Israel. He goes on and says, and if the inheritance, that promise, be of the law, it is of no more promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise, and God is a God of his promise word. Why then serve the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come. So the law was added for a certain purpose and up until a certain point in time. It had a temporary purpose for which it was given. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. So there's promises that was made to the seed. It was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. So what? So that law that was given was given by God to angels. The angels gave it to Moses, Moses gave it to Israel. And so it's showing you here in the context that law had a certain purpose until the Messiah would come. And now you place faith in the Messiah. We are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Know that you are justified by his grace, by the blood of Christ, and is received and appropriated by faith in Christ. No, that's how God viewed you. God's not angry. You're not under the condemnation of God. You are justified by God's grace through faith in Christ. Hold to God's final authority. We see you next week on The Final Authority. God bless your host, Ambassador Everett.